0: Bienvenidos a Café con Emoción. My name is Rebecca Castellán.
1: My name is Gina Diarraga. I'm Xiomara Romero.
2: And I am Paloma Vargas.
0: We are a group of mental health providers creating the space to magnify the voices of Nuestra Gente, the Latinx community in Orange County, California, highlighting social, emotional, political, and economic barriers while bridging the gap of access to holistic approaches in mental health.
1: Café con Emocion as a public service is neither a legal or mental health service or advice. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation. Guests on the podcast have the right to express their own individual views in Café con Emocion and members do not imply endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Hello listeners, I'm so excited to introduce Elisa Ortega from State Chula Wellness. Elisa is a healer and spiritual life coach specializing in inspiring self-healing and empowerment through Reiki, coaching, oracle card reading, women's circles, and workshops. She believes in holistic healing of mind, body, spirit, and encourages this using Reiki, crystal, spirituality, mindfulness, and meditation. Elisa has a BA in psychology and is also a certified Reiki master and crystal healer. I met Elisa about 20 years ago as we both worked as job coaches in a nonprofit in Costa Mesa, California called the Youth Employment Service. I believe this resource is still available in most cities um, and still there, just at a different location. This place provided community, a place where youth can connect. Um, build confidence through job training, and um, also gain some extra money, whether it's to help their family out or for college. It is so neat to see where your path has led you to as a Reiki provider. I know we're going to talk a little bit more about Reiki and you know the great work that you do. I know that it wasn't really something um, when you were working in the nonprofit that you experienced or, or that you even had in mind. So would you be open to maybe talking about so how you transitioned to the great work that you do now?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, it's funny to think, yeah, back at that time because like we were mentioning, it's, it's just a, a, a period where I wasn't really open to, or didn't even know, you know, you don't realize you're not open to, just energy or or something bigger. And after working at youth employment service, like I said, I went on to work at several different nonprofits and I loved it. I absolutely loved working with communities, with parents, with school districts. And it was what I was really good at. And I really enjoyed. However, after some time, it just, you know, you wear a lot of hats. It could also be incredibly stressful and draining. So I also was married at the time and just really stressed out. There was a point where I was, I think, really stressed out. And it was kind of now what I know to be kind of my soul calling me or, you know, calling for a a deeper awakening and calling me to go within. But at the time, just felt really stressed and overworked. And I, the, the current nonprofit I was working at the time was housed at Golden West College, in Huntington Beach. And so as part of their community service, even though my I was an affiliate with Golden West, they they supported the nonprofit that I worked for and they just let us have our office there. But because I was housed there, I would run into, you know, things that were going on 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 that campus. So they're part of their community service programs open to the to the public. What is those exercises or recreational type of classes? And so one night, I had a friend or coworker say like, Hey, look at this. It's meditation and it's a Tai Chi class. And I read the description and it just really called to me. Like, are you feeling unbalanced, unstuck, whatever? And I was like, okay, I don't know what this is about, but I got to sign up for these, you know? And so I signed up for a meditation class. It was by the same teacher, two different classes. And it was a a Tai Chi class. And then right after she went into the meditation class and oh my gosh, it was, I, it was an amazing experience. I didn't even know what to expect or what, but that is really what got me on the path. You know, she um, eventually started talking about Reiki and I'd be like, what the heck is she talking about? What is she mentioning? What is she exactly saying? But I was curious and hooked. And so by then, class after class, whatever other class she taught, I was like, this is you and getting rid of me. And I just, she became my spiritual teacher and I really, kind of dove in with her and eventually asked her about Reiki and got a little bit more curious after already taking quite a few classes of meditation and whatnot, and uh, then got certified to do Reiki as well.
3: Elisa, thank you for sharing that. I love how you mentioned how your journey really began like a nonprofit and giving back to the community and just working with, you know, youth and and how you enjoyed being of service. And then just how that transitioned to more of a spiritual journey, <laughs> I would say, you know, and, and into Reiki, right? And kind of the, the cross point was that you were, you said you were you were overwhelmed, you were really stressed out, you were going through a lot, and that it was a little bit of a breaking point and kind of searching for something. To help, like something outside of what you already knew, so oftentimes that's that's when we search, right? A little bit of a of a a little bit desperate, Mm -hmm. but it's good desperation because it it forces us to reach out and look for something outside of the box, like Reiki. Maybe to some, this may be new for a lot of our listeners. Like, what is Reiki, and and what is that? Can you give us a, a definition of what Reiki is and and how it's used?
2: Yes, absolutely. So Reiki is basically a Japanese energy healing modality. It's uh, two words, two Japanese words, rei and ki, which translate to spiritual wisdom and the key of life, which is life force energy and all things. So that's what it translates to. That's what it is. And because it's such a gentle, soothing energy, it ends up being kind of what it's more commonly known for is relaxation, stress reduction, you know, but because it works on a holistic level, which is our mind, body, and soul, you end up having all these other than just relaxation, you have like this really, you know, spiritual kind of experience with it, you feel a lot lighter, you know, there's, there's more clarity now, you start to notice things that you never paid attention to. So That in a nutshell, I feel is what it is. It's uh, channeled by the practitioner, which we all are made of life force energy, right? We're all our own healers truly. And via the process of certification and the attunement process that happens in Reiki, it's just like we already have that opening and that energy within us. I just think that kind of formally opens it a little bit more, you just get a little more intentional about it. And intention is so key to the Reiki practice. So I think it's just about intention and finding that purpose in your life, you know, taking that time now to, to be intentional.
3: So when you say energy, and I'm going to ask some very questions that people may have in mind, like, what do you mean by energy, like energy you get from, you know, working out or, like the sun, like, what, where's yes. the energy? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, I mean, technically, a little bit of all of that, because everything's connected,
2: right? So it is, it's the energy is life force energy. I mean, it's divine, it's God, it's the, the, the beloved, you know, the divine within us all and the philosophy that we're all truly one as well. So it's this energy that gets channeled, I guess, you enter here then a little bit of, you know, the woo-woo, right? Because it's like, what exactly is it? Where does it come from? But it's so beautiful that it's, th- to me, it, that it's this divine energy, which I feel that regardless of what you believe and in, insert whatever you want to call it, it's, it's this beautiful energy within all of us, right? We're all breathing with no conscious effort on, on our part. And so it's something yeah. that is within us all and
3: through all. So I hear that it could be something spiritual. Something something of a divine belief, but also just something of a self-help, breathing, feeling relaxed, soothing sensation as well. That's kind of what. Yes. So being a Latina, being a Latinx, growing up in the community, in La, in la Comunidad, Elisa, maybe share with us kind of how, how has this journey been for you and getting connected with this Spiritual practice, kind of like your the reaction to your family and what was brought on. What big stressors brought this on for you?
2: I think, like I said, just the fact that I was stressed and so not connected with myself, right? That is the number one thing that brought it on. And and I feel like really moments of aha moments and moments of growth happen when you're reflecting. So I would reflect and think back and be like, oh wow, well no wonder I was led to this, right, I needed to kind of be more intentional, I need you, it's so important to pause, right, to be in in gratitude, to kind of check in with yourself, which I didn't know about, I never did any of that, I I was, I don't know if in all our Latinx cultures, but we're not so much taught that, right, it's about like everyone else, and kind of not uh, expressing our emotions and not talking about things and and it's still been really hard I'm not a pro at these difficult conversations or anything like that but it's it was all it's all been leading me
3: to that right to uncover that so when I started kind of like that belief that it's a luxury to to pause to take things slow to, to ask yourself how you're doing
2: Right. It is. That is very right. It's our, our moms do not take time to pause or whatnot. And then there's so much guilt attached to it too. I think that's the other part with our Latinx culture. There's just so much guilt and negativity and fear ingrained in us because of the main religions that we're all raised in. You know, I was raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school on and off. I never went straight through until high school. I went to a private high school, you know? So I went to um, some Catholic school when I was younger, like, and at that time, like, I don't know, maybe early eighties. So the total nuns and monjitas, you know, are my teachers and lining us up and stuff like that. And they're checking for your uniform and the length of your skirt and all of this stuff. So there was that religious upbringing and it, it's hard. It was hard. I didn't even know I had to come out of the spiritual closet, but I did because I didn't want my family. I didn't even know how to explain Ricky at the time or all these experiences mm-hmm. I was having with my teacher that I mentioned, right? All these meditation classes and learning. the Spiritual that, closet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Le- learning the different <laughs> methods of meditation, learning that there was mantras and, and mantras to for each, ch- first of all, chakras, you know, and, and mantras for them and stuff like that. So that was all so new, but it resonated so much. And I, you don't know who to tell, you know, I didn't know who, who to tell. So it was really difficult because both my parents are divorced, but each one of them, when I'd share things, they I could tell their, their fear, but it's fear of the unknown. And it's fear because it's not what they know. And it's fear because it's not Catholicism, I I remember Mm
3: -hmm.
2: little comments, you know, like, well, wait, is that all that weird Reiki stuff? Or is it, do you have to wear all white and white on your head? You know, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I'm like, no, (laughs) you know, I don't. But certain things like that. And it was difficult for me as well. I remember being at certain meditation classes. And because I'm Catholic, I felt really connected to Mother Mary, and the angels. But I almost felt like in my meditation classes, like I in and Jesus, and but I almost felt at the beginning of my spiritual journey, like, oh, I can't pray to them because now I'm learning something else. I don't know what quite yet. I quite didn't have my finger wrapped around it. And then it just hit me like, oh, there's if anything, they came through much stronger and my connection with them grew stronger. And so my prayer grew stronger. So I was like, wait a minute. I'm praying more than when in church and it's resonating and it's connecting and it's just like, oh my gosh, like aha moments, you know, and everything mm-hmm. was, you know, going off like, oh, we're truly also connected and, and they're not judging us whether we're going to church or not, or doing this or not, or following any specific rules. It's, it's truly love this universal love that, that, that connects us all in that life force energy, that energy that's through us all and i thought oh my gosh that was a really big aha moment you know and coming like kind of in my heart like wow like i can continue to pray to jesus and mother mary the you know what i mean that catholic like yeah. kind of guilt was like oh they're not they're gonna judge me i'm sinning and it that, that wasn't true at all
3: yeah and so you kind like, of you know what i'm hearing you say is like you were really able to embrace what with yes. your upbringing and this new practices and and and, you know, and really, I mean, kind of, I see the, the parallel with just, you know, being an immigrant family coming to the United States and then having to, like, keep your traditions and keep your culture and at the same time, learn kind of the ways of life here, too, you know. And so you, you share that with your journey into Reiki and how you use that and how it's been so it's made your faith stronger. That's what I keep hearing. It's really made your faith stronger. So that's beautiful. Exactly.
2: Yes, that's exactly what it did. And when I realized that was happening, I was able to surrender a little bit more and and not feel so, I don't know, bad or guilty, you know, about it anymore and let that go.
3: Like, how neat is that when we are able to do that, right? When we learn practices. And I think part of that is experiencing new things breaking out of like what we think the norms are and also you know I kind of want to touch if it's okay with you a little bit more about like getting to that edge of of needing to just search for something new looking into religion or music or writing as a form of healing and and different forms of spirituality like Reiki Mm -hmm. I think some people can really uh, relate to that relate to that sense of wanting when they need to search for something, when maybe, I mean, you know, maybe they're going through a divorce or maybe there's a grief and loss in their life or big changes. They, you know, had a job loss or, or some something like that, that they begin to search. And I think like last year, a lot and some people began to search for for that new. I know for me as a therapist, I, I got a lot more calls for therapy and I know my colleagues did too. I'm sure you've probably had an increase of people interested in in learning more about Reiki as well and and searching just for Reiki sessions for you. I'm wondering if you can talk to us about some of the the tools you, you, you would suggest
0: yeah, and as Gina is mentioning, I, I think a lot of us are really interested in what kind of tools we can use. I know for myself as a therapist and social worker, and really a lot of our listeners who are in the giving profession, you know, whether we're therapists, nurses, teachers, healthcare, really anyone, I think all, all, most of us can, can really relate to the high stress that you experienced in your journey and understanding that we kind of go through a higher rate of burnout. So I think a lot of us are really interested in in some tools or skills that we can use to protect our energy, right? A lot a lot of the times we're exposed to all kinds of energies i'm going to speak for myself as a therapist people come into session i'm ex- i'm absorbing all of their energy during session then the next person comes in and the next one and so forth and so forth and at the end of the day i'm exhausted i am so tired and multiply that by five times a day and the burnout rate gets a little bit higher right so like i was saying i think a lot of us are really interested in the golden question here, which is what are some tools that you think that we can use to either protect, protect ourselves from, from burnout, but really to balance our energy
2: and maybe even a little bit of self care? Yeah, I think that you bring up a really good point, especially after the year and a half we had, right, like Gina mentioned, right, more, more people reaching out for, for therapy, more people reaching out for ways to self care and be just a bit more intentional with checking in with themselves and so in the journey you learn like although I studied Reiki and I like to keep Reiki very specific when I have a session and really channel that specific energy the whole umbrella of energy healing and a spiritual journey just leads you to you know like crystals and journaling right nature breath work other things like that and they all serve as tools along your journey, right? Tools to that search within first and foremost that you reach out for when you are on the journey searching for, like I said, within. I think everything really leads us to go within ourselves. And more than ever, after this year and a half it's been more clear to me too, gosh, to go within, to go within, what does it truly mean to go within and how do we do that? And so we need, these are all different tools that are presented to us. And in turn, those end up protecting our energy as well too. They serve almost, you know, dual purposes, right? They help us go within, they help us self-care, they help us protect our energy. And again, with intention. So I think the key, the way I tie it together, the key thing with Reiki that I learned and have learned throughout my private practice and just my personal spiritual practice and Reiki practice is intention. The intention behind everything is key, and it's specifically with Reiki because we're channeling something. And like Dina was asking me, but what is it exactly, or where? What like it's with intention. This is how it even works long distance because we can also do Reiki remotely. And people are like, "What if you're not in the same <laughs> room, or if I'm not in your particular healing room?" And I'm like, "Yes, you can be in the comfort of your own home. You could be clear across the country, and we can still connect because energy is energy, and we're all made up of energy." And the intention to connect is so powerful, right? Yeah. So with that, there's tools, like I said, that we that I know I learned along the way and I help, I tell people to do. And as like you mentioned, on days that you see client after client, like you mentioned, of course, it's hard to, Oh, let me journal. Let me go outside and you know put my bare feet on the ground, or at least be in, in the sun. We're lucky where we live, right? We get we get sunny sunshine most of the year, so we could do that. But it it also can be done very quickly and so and very simply. The the biggest way for me is breath. Our breath is also like life force energy. Our breath is life. Our breath is key. Our breath is essential. And a few deep, intentional, purposeful deep breaths will absolutely move your energy, shake your energy, release any kind of negativity. And sometimes if people, when people's lives are falling apart and I'm sitting here telling them to take a few deep breaths. And that was me at the beginning of the journey too. I was like, what? Like, you kidding me? You want me to do yoga and to breathe? Like my life is falling apart here. Like my marriage is falling apart, but it's so key. And now I'm on the other side of it. And I still go through really heavy moments or, or difficult times. And There's nothing like the breath. Right. And I do call on, you know, crystals and journaling and and nature. You know what has really stood out for me after this past year and a half pandemic, I don't know, is the body and his movement. That one to me, oh my gosh, I mean, it's yes. been there and it's been calling me, but the body and the movement is key. So now I move my body. So it's to size too, but to move my energy, to connect with myself, to shake things off, to, to, to self-care, to, I don't know, but it's, there's something in the body. And, and now it makes sense because that's where, you know, our soul is and our intuition lies. And that's how the intuition is going to speak to us is via our
3: body. So this is why and, I'm breath (laughs) you know and for people of movement i mean we we you know we're not meant to sit in front of the computer all day or repeat work you know if you're working like in in a warehouse or something where you know that's repetition that repetition we're not meant to do that our movements are meant to be organic and and if we really go to it with nature right and grounding and so I, yeah, all of that. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: Like- so those are my favorite ways is like breath and uh, in a walk, you guys, sometimes my walk is a really gentle, I have a senior dog. So trust me, it's a slow, gentle walk. He's sniffing around and he's slow and it's the best. Sometimes they're the best walks, you know, just really slow. I'm not sitting there move sometimes. Yes. Cause I want to get my heart rate, but also that slow, gentle walk is key and, it, and it's moving the energy that it needs to.
0: So I'm hearing, I'm hearing movement, deep breathing, crystal work, journaling, something it could be as simple as placing our bare feet on the ground, absorbing that beautiful sunshine, doing, like I said, the deep breathing, exploring what it means to to go within for ourselves. But I got to tell you, Elisa, I think I've been doing Reiki work (laughs) without knowing it. Okay. (laughs) Because there's nothing like sitting outside on my patio and just like sitting in the sun. And I feel like it gets me geared up for the day, but I guess I've been trained to think of it as like, oh, I'm having a mindful moment, but I think I'm doing Reiki too.
2: (laughs) Yes. And both, you know, there's intersections of some of these different modalities, you know, mindfulness will absolutely, yeah, cross through this because it's about being mindful, right? Being present, what the present activity that you're doing, being as in the present moment. And that's what we do with Reiki and the intention behind it as well.
3: Yeah. So, well, and, and mindfulness, like just the mindfulness, like in therapy and psychology, how we learn about mindfulness, it is the, the study and practice of Eastern philosophy with Western psychology. So if you look at Reiki, Reiki is a form of Eastern practices, right? Because it's from, it's Japanese and it comes from here and it comes to the West. So it, it definitely, there's, there is a place, just like you were saying, Elisa, where it it exchanges. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yes.
0: Yes. I I love it. Okay. I love it because I, I think we all got a little Reiki in us and we may not be knowing it. Like I like I said, I definitely was like, oh, I'm, I'm practicing my mindfulness, but I love that you keep highlighting the intentionality behind it, the intentions that we're doing, because I do sit out there with the intention to take a deep breath and relax and mentally prepare myself for the busy day that's ahead of me. So I do go in with that intention. And yeah.
2: Look at and me I love, <laughs> and I love that you mentioned it like that, Rebecca, that you say, I think I'm practicing a little Reiki because like I mentioned briefly in the beginning, we all are healers tr- truly, right? Although I, I call myself a Reiki healer more to, for people just to kind of understand, but you're doing the healing, right? And you guys as therapists know that too, right? You're in a sense holding space and it's the work that the person in front of you or on the other end is, um really doing or willing to do and what they do outside of the session, right? Yes. So you're a healer, you're your own healer. We're all our own self-healers and can channel energy whether you're attuned to Reiki or not, because it's life force, it's our breath, it's intention, it's it's love. It's this divine love that we all are made from and have. so I love that you mentioned that because absolutely you're you're a
3: healer and already doing that.
2: Yes, get it girl. <laughs> yeah.
3: I wanted to ask the question you mentioned um, crystals crystals and and yes. I think if you can talk to us about what do you mean by crystals and the intentions with the crystals and and, the, and what they are and how you use them for so some of our listeners they' may be like crystals, what are crystals? like what, what is that?
2: Yes. And a lot of people are are new to them. So that's a good, good point. So crystals are these beautiful stones from the earth. And within, you know, years, been years and years taken to uh, develop and, and they're from the earth. So they've got the earth energy, they've got their own life force energy, since that's what we're talking about their own kind of healing properties to them. And they end up doing they fall under energy healing as well. You can even just hold a crystal and with, again, with an intention, experience some energy healing. And sometimes even a session can be done just with crystals. I mean, there's crystal healings, right? I don't even have to channel Reiki. I could just lay out some crystals um, around the person or on the person directly. So that's the wonderful gift that crystals bring us. And so it's really, again, highlighting, you know, intention is like working with them to, I tell, when we get started, we don't want to be so much in our head, right? We just want to kind of go to what's re, what we're drawn of, drawn to intuitively and just kind of start connecting with them. And I feel that they bring us the clarity or information as we also are willing to dive in and do the work.
3: Yeah, and it, it sounds like it's also another way to connect with the ground, with earth, right? I mean, the crystals are from earth and it's a way to, to connect with the earth as well.
2: Yes, as a way to connect with the earth. And then as Rebecca was asking about like protection even as well too. So some can really protect your energy. You guys that see people and on the days that you're busy and see a lot of clients, I would even help you protect against feeling that that drained feeling as well. So they're really powerful allies to our spiritual journey.
1: (laughs) For those listeners that um, like wearing necklaces or Um, maybe actually like wearing crystals as as jewelry, what would be a stone that they could incorporate into their daily, I guess, attire that reenergizes or protects that energy? What, What would be one that you have knowledge of?
2: I have two that I normally will probably, okay, more, but let's keep it, (laughs) let me narrow it down. And you know, the crystal side of my business, I I launched during the pandemic. So it's like going on a year now that it's because it was last summer. So it's been so exciting. It even helped me dive deeper, even though I already was using the crystals. Again, with the year and a half that we've all had, it just really helped me be a bit more intentional with them. And in regards to protecting energy, I mean, there's a few good really starter kind of crystals that you'll find really, you know, accessible that are good to start with. And it's probably going to be rose quartz, amethyst and black turmoil. And those all have really good protective qualities and that universal kind of spiritual energy. And so those are the ones I recommend when it's somebody who's starting or who's who needs at least that protection you know, from energy, from people.
3: And Gina, which ones are you holding up? I have my, the black tourmaline Tourmaline. and tourmaline and my quartz. It's just the white quartz, but I keep those by my computer because this is where I do my work.
2: Yeah. And quartz too, anything clear. I usually always reach for a quartz like you have, or even a selenite too. I almost call, this is my own kind of, naming of the selenite but almost call selenite like reiki and a crystal like it kind of does like you can hold it and it just brings some calmness some you know releasing of energy moving energy to me I don't know it's like it's like the reiki stone I don't know (laughs) that's what I call it
3: Mm
1: -hmm. and listeners can buy some of these stones directly on your instagram
2: Yes. So they can buy some, I do, yeah, either bracelets or necklaces and pieces as well to hang like Gina has on her her desk or computer. It's always a good idea to have some,
3: some work ones. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I love at least what you've been saying just about intentionality and having the intention. So, you know, and again, there's a kind of this parallel that I always see with therapy is you have to believe it's going to work You have to believe it's going to work for you. There has to be, a. if you come in with too much like like critique or critical about it, you're kind of closing yourself off. So whatever thing you're going to try to help you, you you have to believe there has to be a part of you that's willing to believe it's going to help and it's going to work. As we're talking about just, you know, using the stones and the crystals, um, I know just from my own experience that Reiki has a lot to do with, with chakras. And so at least maybe you can explain like what are chakras and how they are used with Reiki and what, what it is, what, what are the energy chakras?
2: Yes. So good. That's another thing that, yeah, the journey kind of leads you to and chakras are more of a, like Hindu uh, Eastern tradition or from that philosophy, but they are basically energy centers within our, within ourselves, within our body. So, their energy centers, I think chakra literally, it's a Sanskrit word that translates to wheels. So it's like a, like a, like a picture, of a wheel, right? Kind of almost like a fan kind of going in motion. So we want those balanced and we want them going in flow, right? And so because there are energy centers, it ties to Reiki because Reiki is an energy healing modality. And so that's how kind of that connection is made. And so the chakras are really also with the different chakras and where they lie within ourselves are connected to even at different organs within our body, different emotions that those organs store as well. So you can see how it's tied to that whole approach mind, body, soul. So hey. our soul, our emotions, and body, like we were mentioning earlier, and the, the movement of our body and our physical, taking care of our physical well being and our body. So that's kind of the connection with chakras. In a Reiki, it's like, It'll already take care of that. Most practitioners will be able to either hone in on one that maybe needs a little more attention or not, or, you know, suggest some crystals for them, that kind of thing. You don't so much have to worry about, about it, but you want to, again, be intentional about it, see what comes up and see where you can
3: yeah.
2: focus on.
3: Right. And, and um, like along with this, with the crystals, also there's sometimes herbs or essential oils or certain ritual practice or like yoga poses that people can use to help stimulate that energy flow into that chakra along with the Reiki. So I love how you kind of put it all together right now about, you know, the movement of the body, the intention, the breath. It's again, connecting that physical, mental and spiritual sense, right? That holistic approach. Yes, absolutely as we talk about you know the the focus on the chakras and how again you're connecting it to that that intentionality and and working within you know i'm, I'm also wondering how with the energy how what would you suggest for somebody who is you know has maybe an imbalance, or is working on maybe they're, they're trying to get over something a little more negative in their life, like a divorce or a relationship or something that's been toxic for them, maybe um, an illness, even like a, me- a mental illness or a physical illness. How would Reiki help with with moving through those energies? I think that's such a good point, right? I feel like It's so important that you bring that up.
2: We're all going through so much. And some things are really big, heavy things, right? I think there's a lot of loss in our lives that we don't always grieve. And so I think Reiki really helps with that, like really allowing the emotions that we've been avoiding to come through. Not that you're necessarily going to be bawling or you know, crying in a session or anything like that. But this energy itself allows for that. I think, I think what you need, people need to understand that you saying yes to a Reiki session is saying yes to your soul, it's saying yes to this bigger calling within you. And the human part of us, the logic part of us wants to figure it out and why, what, which chakra And it almost not that it doesn't matter, but just that yes is what matters, right? That time with yourself in a Reiki session is what matters and just trusting in that. So I would think, yeah, some things are really, are going to be hard. You end up as a Reiki practitioner. I think I'm kind of like life coach, therapist, you know, practitioner there to tell them they're okay, hold space, share some of my journey because I've been there as well. So it's more just connection, you know, the human connection that you've got this. It's not, it's hard, but you you've got this. And I think, like I mentioned the grieving because we also need to allow ourselves to feel it's going to feel pretty shitty because it's what we've been avoiding for so long, but it's what, and so I will hold your hand, you know, and we'll do it because that is on the other side of that is where the answers lie that you're seeking or, or mm-hmm. the the freedom, the lesson from that particular situation or you know, divorce or loss, anything like that, that shows up in our life to, to really teach us and grow, grow us. That's why you say, grow through what you go through, right? And that is so, so true. I don't want you coming in to see me to take this pain away, emotional pain or sadness, because it's got a mess, even the anxiety, anxiety is so rampant right now, it's got a message for you. Are you checking in with yourself and listening to yourself. Now, listening to our intuition sounds very like magical or out out there, but it's the key. And your body's telling you something is telling you and is recognizing those toxic energies, those toxic behaviors. And it's not easy. Sometimes they come from family members, but You guys know, I mean, setting boundaries is is no easy thing at all, but it's showing up for a reason. So I think with our intuition, we tend to not listen to it. So that's where you really got to get real. And that's the start of everything. Like intuitively, why are you having anxiety? Why is your tummy hurting? Why is, you know, something, um, because that, that's going to be an indicator leading you to, to already that answer, because we all have the answers within us. You're already seeking, you're already ha- saying that that sacred yes to you, to this divine appointment with yourself. So just get real with yourself. What is your intuition saying? What It's coming through for a reason. It's coming through via your body, mind, spirit. Just be willing. We don't want to sometimes really face the truth. And I think that's where it gets a little tricky and, and hard, right? Or we, we make it, the process go a little bit longer. But I think that would be what I would say. You know, there's baby yeah. steps to it. And that ties in also to the tools we mentioned earlier, right? Taking some time to check in with yourself, move your body, journal, even in reading. I love reading is so therapeutic to me. You read something and you get an aha moment or you listen to a podcast. So there's all these different things that we can do to Feed our mind and feed our soul, and to really learn and keep learning and growing. But any action you need to take is going to come from your intuition and from your soul.
0: Thank you so much, and I love that you're highlighting that we have to listen to the intuition. It's really (laughs) easy for us to say, "Okay, yes, my intuition says that this person is toxic, so I'm done with them." But are we actually ready? Are we ready to listen? Use just worded it really perfectly there is no step by step there's no guide there's no worksheet that i can give you that's like okay if you do all of this and for sure we're done with this we're absolutely rid of all toxicness right but it doesn't it's not so much that you, we can't follow a step-by-step guide but intuition is within ourselves and it's really having the intent to listen we want to take a break from listening to Elisa's discussion on divine intuition and share a little bit more about what that may look like and also what to look out for when we're learning to
1: rely on our own divine intuition. So what is intuition? The Latin definition is knowledge from within. The idea of intuition goes against our Western beliefs of relying on logic and reasoning to make decision. Intuition is not just following that gut feeling. It's so much more, but reclaiming nuestra cultura and practices. It's grounding ourselves, connecting to our bodies and connecting at a deeper deeper level to our ancestor. It does not mean reacting to that gut feeling as most people may interpret it as, Um, and many times trauma and the loss of connection can interfere with the connecting to our intuition.
0: We hope that helped explain a bit more about divine intuition. And now we're going to resume Elisa's discussion on other insights about our own self-reflection.
2: I always add the extra part to to people and to myself is like when we're setting a prayer intention, but then also ask for the divine guidance to take the action because it'll come that awareness or that aha moment. But then it's also guiding us to do something, to remove something, remove someone, to start doing this to stop doing this but that's like you said are we doing that so then the next step is not just asking for like a sign but to take for the courage and just the the strength to, to then take action on that yeah and as yes. you were speaking I also thought about you know sometimes sitting with the work or sitting with ourselves is realizing that we might be the toxic person or we've <laughs> contributed Ooh, so, Very yes that's important to say because the journey will be, is a mirror. I feel like my ego is loud and it's sometimes bruised and hurt and it doesn't want to, but the mirror is there. And so sometimes, again, going back to mourning and, and, and allowing for feeling is that the part of us that resonated with maybe a toxic person or, t- or toxic traits or activities. And that's also part of the journey too that doesn't get talked about. And that's important too you know, and that's what we hold space for people too, because we know they're no matter what, they're still divine and, and totally loved and and on this journey to grow. But sometimes it takes sitting with some of those hard things.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Elisa. Thank you for, you know, just, letting us know about your path, you know, starting in the nonprofits, your passion for the community work that you do, um, leading you to your current path of being a life coach and a Reiki practitioner, and more so your spiritual path of having a deeper connection. I love that. Thank you for the tools for balancing our energy to avoid burnout and balance um, that energy that most of us working in the helping professions really have to think about that energy that we put out, that we give to our families that we have left for us. Um, so those wonderful tools that any of us can really utilize. And a reminder that everything we do needs intention. And you know, the most important thing is that intention behind the direction that we we go. Your knowledge about crystals and chakras and the importance to connecting to our intuition, leading us to the answers we are seeking. So thank you for a reminder of that, especially as we're wrapping up the importance of this holistic
2: work, right, the body, the mind, the soul. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about it, share. I think it's really important. We need to remember Practitioners are are human, and we're still on the journey of seeking and searching and and growing through through the difficult moments of life. So I really, yeah, appreciate just you guys and the work that you guys are doing with this podcast and the opportunity to connect and share. It's just so so important, and to share what I do because it is such a passion, and I love connecting with people. I love, you know, I just really admire people because they say yes, they show up. We're all confused and. Trying to figure out at the same time, but we're all in the healing trenches together. Is what I what I tell them too. We're all in the healing trenches together. Thank you for that.
1: Yes, and are there any other resources you'd like to mention for our listeners?
2: As far as like in the healing journey goes, you know, if I could be found on uh, Instagram, I'm at Stay Chula Wellness, and I like to connect with people there. Sometimes I do events and workshops, even you know, now that the the world is open, you know, hoping to resume that and classes as well. So I think those are good resources for people to find others on the journey as well, other like-minded people. I think that's really important, an important resource to connect with others.
1: So that's Stay Tula Wellness on Instagram. And to close off, what is your favorite dicho?
2: Favorite dicho is the one that came to mind, and I could so hear my mom's voice. Is el que busca encuentra. And I literally hear her voice when I say that. And that's one thing she's always shared with me. Like, mija, no, no, no te encierres, que no se te cierre el mundo. El que busca encuentra. And oh, I the chills. And when, when I say that, you know, it's like, el que busca encuentra. And sometimes I'm so frustrated. And I'm like, oh, gosh, she's right. Like, if anything, the spiritual journey teaches you that, right? That faith in something bigger, the universe, the energy of, of everything. And it's true. You just set that intention and it, and it comes. It finds you. That's right. Thank you so much, Elisa.
1: We hope that here at Café Con Emoción, this journey of exploring holistic healers and holistic ways of connecting um, have provided you ideas of how to reconnect and reclaim um, that connection with intuition. We encourage to do this with a healthcare provider or also a holistic provider.
0: Cafe. Café con emoción.
3: Café, 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 café café con emoción. Café, 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 café con
2: emoción. Café con emoción.